Today's podcast is brought to you by T-Rax Knives. Check out T-Rax Knives for all of your custom handcrafted knife needs. These guys will customize a knife for you. There's an array of blade designs. You can get a handle made of absolutely anything, whether you want antler, horn, um, stabilized hardwood. You think it up and they will design it for you. Tell T-Rax Knives Non-Typical Nation sent you and you'll save 5% off your next knife order. That is T-R-A-X Knives. This is the Non-Typical Nation podcast with your host, Brody Teal and Eric Labrie. Let's talk hunting and absolutely everything else that goes with it. What's going on, guys? We are back with another podcast. Today, we are back with our good friend, Charlie. Uh, this guy is married to the stick and string. He's been chasing white tails hard all season. Um, you might've read some of his blogs. He's continued on with the search for 170. It's a blog series that have, we have on nontypical.org. You just wrapped up your post rut or pre rut, sorry, or mid rut. Yeah. Mid rut, (laughs) mid November rut report. Mid November rut report. And uh, it sounded like you had an action packed week this past week. Um, And I want to mention, guys, we had that contest on our last podcast. Um, We will be announcing the winner here. I've got it right in front of me. Um, The winner of the Bag of Old Smokes Coffee. And we also have a contest for this podcast um, to win a couple bags of Antler Obsession. So be sure to uh, be listening closely here, guys, because we're going to announce the question in a bit here. But we want to talk to Charlie and see how, uh, you know, his last few weeks of hunting have been. Eric just got back from moose hunting. And uh, yeah, guys, we only got one week ahead. So um, it's crunch time. It's definitely crunch time. We're down to the last the last weekend of hunting season. Yeah. For less than a week. Less than a week. And, uh, you know, I've been struggling with the deer and You've been struggling a bit with the moose. Really struggling with the moose this year. Charlie's been seeing a ton of deer. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of deer, but this time of year is a little bittersweet because having a tag this close to the end of the season isn't exactly, you know, the oh, best yeah. thing, but it's it's, you For know, sure. it's nice to be hunting deer still in these conditions. This is optimal, optimal stuff coming up, so it really is. And and so your last blog, you had mentioned how um you, that was sort of the peak peak moment for the rut those deer were moving more than you said that you've ever seen them before the best week of the year for rut activity this year yeah uh in this area i mean that's going to be different for people in different places right but for me this week the week of the what was it the 15th to the 23rd i believe or 15th to 15th to 21st yeah yeah that weekend of the 22nd i was still hunting so that week was it was hands down the most active i've seen this property um there were small bucks right from sun up uh they were seeking they were working scrape lines they weren't burning up energy but they were seeking they were uh you could tell they weren't on a hot doe probably had been bumped off it by a bigger buck but they were still looking actively for hot does and then you know as is kind of typical this time of year mid-afternoon those bigger bucks get on their feet um you know with this those those mature bucks seem to know the rut is ending 
and they might only have one more last shot at this and uh, they're going to do things out of the ordinary for those bucks that aren't quite typical for them and they're going to probably range a little bit out of their home range looking for does that haven't been bred and might still be you know breedable and that's what's that's what's super exciting about this time of year like i've got to agree with you i I think the peak rut at least northern alberta ish is going to be right middle of november and i noticed that on my my cellular trail cameras and, and even when i was out on the weekend of the 14th 15th and the 16th each day I seen a ton of deer. I seen bucks chasing does. I seen bucks with their nose down looking. Um, and the activity was insane that week. Um, I was expecting last weekend in the same spot to be action packed. Um, and I actually was looking at the camera at the start on the 21st at 7 a.m. telling the camera, hey, this is peak rut. This is it. It's not going to get much better. And I didn't see a single thing. I see nothing at all. But I'm hunting public land and i'm only about i think i'm 700 yards from a road where vehicles are constantly coming and going and they're shooting off the road and so what i noticed on i think it was november 7th or 8th the one morning i heard 10 gunshots and so the deer were not moving but the following monday the 9th they were moving like crazy because there were no gunshots that morning, right? And so 14th, 15th, I had some good action and I was expecting it to be super hot 21st, 22nd, but there was nothing at all. I think I heard maybe one gunshot the one day just because nothing was moving. There were guys on the road and you know, you're at the point now where especially if you're hunting heavily hunted public land, those deer, they're they're getting smarter as it as it progresses and they're knowing where the vehicles are they hear the guns go off they're getting shot too that's that's another thing right um where you're on private property so you're experiencing the rut as it is you know what i mean those deer don't have pressure of vehicles driving by shooting them off the road or guys running through that property you're experiencing the rut for what it is without being um you know dampened by uh by other hunters and whatnot so yeah. that's what's super special about I'd your situation i'd be pretty confident to say that the two stands i plan on hunting the rest of the season for two years i'm the only one that's walked by either one of them that's incredible sure. and and that being said uh, you know there's a quarter section of bush that i'm kind of walking around the outside of to get to my stand and yeah for two years i've never gone in that bush wow you know kind of leaving that them as be. a sanctuary so that i don't push them out of the area right? for so, sure and i think that's why i'm seeing so many young bucks there because you know there's just a really good herd number in there yeah. and uh you know i haven't really seen a ton of mature deer like big cranker bucks like mm-hmm. you know you look on facebook it kind of gets discouraging oh, you man, look on social media you depressing. get a little discouraged but yeah you know you gotta try hanging out in this shop <laughs> yeah Man, no, yeah just walking it's in the a door curse here. dude i swear like i was talking to amy the other day i said i think eric's got the taxidermy curse because you're in the shop you see big moose come in constantly big deer come in and then when you go out and you see a smaller deer you don't want to shoot it but then you're approaching the last days of the season and you're like, fuck, man, like maybe I should have. Maybe all these giant deer that are coming in, maybe that isn't as normal as we think it is. You you're, in a, you're in a bubble, right? We're all in an eco chamber of large trophy animals because yeah. guys are bringing the animals to us that are are huge. They're the ones that they've been hunting for years or their biggest deer, or their biggest moose. So we don't see all the other ones that yeah. get along the way, right? 
Um, but yeah, no, it hit me hard true. with elk this and, year. I mean, we don't know how everyone hunts either. For sure. Right. So, yeah. I mean, you got to remind yourself that if you're doing it a certain way, just stay true to what you're doing and without a doubt and stay, you know, do your thing and, uh, you know, don't worry about anyone else is what I try well, to do. Cause it's I, easy to get yourself in a rut if you only yes. look at other people's trophies. And right? it's important to just set a goal for, yeah, you know, the hunt or the season or the year. And for sure and sort of stick we've to talked it. about this before Be about it. as you get more critters under your belt like as you get five six seven deer then every time you slowly raise your bar right and, and that's how mean you are with bear now like we've i've killed i think nine bear or something like that right around yeah. there so now like this past year i'm like okay i want a big bear or a colored one because i haven't got one and then yeah. we got it you right both yeah, and now with the whole filming thing, it's sort of like bow hunting where you bring your standards down a little bit because you know it's going to be tougher. Um, like you're still holding your bow, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's that's crazy. Yeah, I've got like the I... rifle now where me, it's most important for me to get it on film where you, you're filming and you got the bow. So that's, that's, that's right. crazy. And, but to me, my father shot a deer this year. Yes. So I'm not in a position where I have to shoot a deer. Yeah. Right. So if I don't have an opportunity to shoot a mature buck this year, I'm just not going to shoot one. For I'll, sure. I'll eat tag soup because I got meat. So uh, I'm in kind of a unique spot here where I get to just observe and hope that a big guy kind of slips up. I know there's two big deer uh, on my trail cameras, one on one property, one on another. And I think it's the time of year where they can make those mistakes. Uh, yeah. I just got to hope that. Um, in the right place i suppose right I mean, and i actually was touching on that earlier and i don't think i finished my point but this time of year it's super exciting but yes the peak rut is sort of passed but now you're getting those big mature bucks that are on the lookout for dose and you are going to get bucks coming through that you've never seen before you know and i was going to ask do you have a lot of does in your property like are, are, are they keeping those bucks in that area on one property i have a really high buck to doe ratio and on the other one it's a really low buck to doe ratio you have more does and bucks on the other property uh on yeah like on the on the bigger piece of land <laughs> south of town yeah uh there's more bucks than does hands down so you could go in there and rattle and and you know pretty likely you're gonna have something poke its head out of a bush line yeah looking in your direction they might not come right to you but they're gonna kind of see oh who's down there fighting yeah you know, they, they all kind of live together. They know yeah. what's up, right? And then the other property, there's probably, uh, you know, even just the night I hung my tree stand, um, by the time I was all done setting up in there, there was seven does in the field when I walked wow. out, right? So, and I mean, that said, there was a truck sitting on the edge of the road with the lights shining in and yeah. kind of, I just kind of like sit down a little bit, you know, because yeah. you never know what's going to happen, but well, it's um, scary sometimes too, man. Well, you know, like, uh, let's just say like I got out of there at dark and it was 15 minutes later and I was hearing gunshots still, right? So, man, that's this that is the the story of my season. Like I I was explaining to you earlier, I get out to where I'm hunting an hour before. It takes me 20 minutes to hike into one of my stands, and I like to sit in the stand a half hour, 20 minutes before that sun comes up. So I can get settled in or before hunting start time, actually. So I'm walking in the dark and almost each morning I've passed a truck with, you know, a great big light bar on or their high beams on and they're just creeping. 
Um, and this is, you know, an hour, an hour and a half before you can legally start hunting. And you hear those gunshots go off before too, right? Yeah. That's um, why you can't get too worked up about what other people are no. doing. Because those are the same guys that are posing in front of their, in front of the, or in behind their deer, holding yeah. it up, talking about how they rattled it in. Yeah. You know? so, or throw a camo on. Yeah, throw out. their camo on and hop <laughs> out of the truck, right? You know. I heard a story like that recently, but, um, but it's, it's also scary, man. Like I've, I've been walking down cut lines and trails that you can see from the road and you see these trucks and you're like, man, I hope that these guys aren't like drunk or they aren't being stupid and, you know, point the light at me and look at me through the scope of their gun because, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're dumb enough to, to be breaking the law like that, you never know what the hell they're going to do. Well, yep. And that's what binoculars are for, right? Yeah. Or a but a lot scope, of, right? Yeah, but you see it all the time. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, you see it all the time. Anyway, we don't need to get on that. <laughs> let's, let's talk about positive stuff here because we could get going down a rabbit hole. I'm okay, not a, well, I'm why not don't a huge I... fan of that kind of stuff. Oh, so I know, man. We don't need to go down that rabbit okay, hole. Okay, well, I'm going to share the winner of our last, last contest, guys. So we asked a question at the start of the podcast. Um, who is the guest of the podcast and what you guys were supposed to do is send us the answer through Facebook messenger. Um, we've got a whole bunch of submissions. Every single one was right. So we put the names in a draw and the winner was Curtis Tingstad. So Curtis, send us a message on Facebook. We will send you your bag of majestic blacktail. It's a dark roast from our friends at old smokes coffee. Now, what we're doing on this podcast, we're doing another giveaway. But what we want you to do, we want you to share a short story with us from your 2020 hunting season. So send us send us a message through Facebook Messenger. Send us a few paragraphs of, of something cool, something special, you know, something hairy, scary, whatever it was. Send us a story from your 2020 hunting season, and we're going to choose one of those stories and talk about it on the next podcast. Whoever's we choose will win a bag of um, the ultimate big game supplement by Antler Obsession. And uh, we'll also throw in a non-typical nation decal for you as well. So uh, yeah, send us a story, guys. We want to hear them. We love hearing from you guys. We're going to showcase one of them on our next podcast. And the winner will win that prize package. So there we go. I look forward to reading those and uh, and showcasing them on the podcast. A little lighter than uh, guys <laughs> poaching in the dark, right? Yeah. <laughs> Getting rifles pointed at you for sure. Yeah. So um, I was reading your last last article, and you had uh, you caught wind and seen um, one of the the big target bucks you were chasing last year. Double drop tines, four by four was the main frame. I hope it was him. Okay, uh, it was moving quickly. It was into a wind, so he was moving like with purpose. He was looking for does. Okay, yeah, or yeah. maybe a doe had snuck through there, and I didn't see it because I've got a boat. <clears throat> let's say 270 degrees of view at that particular stand that I'm trying to kind of monitor because it's all very tight little lanes within that. It's not, it's not a big open space. Yeah. It's uh, really tight stuff with a few lanes in multiple spots. So I'm trying to monitor all these spots. And as I turned to my far left, just as it walked into the tree line, I saw a huge mass on a left main beam as it wow. walked into the woods. And just the color of the antlers alone 
it's the only deer I've seen with that light of antlers yeah. was the, the deer I put, well, I mean, I passed him on video last year and had I known I might never see him again, I should have just shot him. Right? Did you get video of him early this year or was that last that year last that I was thinking season. of? Yeah. I wow, passed him last flies, season because he was a young deer. I said, okay, like he was coming towards me and I'm talking about I remember about that him. video. Yeah. He was walking right towards yeah. you. It was September. October 8th. It was early October. Yeah. It was nice weather though. No snow on the ground. It was. It was think. really nice and it was still, I know it was a southeast wind or a south or east wind. Somewhere is in that direction because it's the only time I hunt that stand. Yeah. And this deer was walking right to me, right into a crosswind and right along that bedding area. And even that early in the season in October, he was still coming along doe bedding areas and kind of hooking into them to pester does. Or yeah. He was on his own, no bachelor group. And this deer was as well. But I mean, time of season, there's no, no, not really any bachelor groups left. But that said, I did see bucks fighting on my trail camera the other night. Oh yeah. Two, two mature, mature bucks fighting yeah. on my trail camera, like two, two nice, probably one 40 inch deer. And, yeah. Um, one of which I'm sure my wife almost got a crack at. So yeah, that afternoon I saw that big buck at about three forty in the afternoon or something like that, right before last light. And uh, my wife and I were set up to sit the next two days. So that morning we sat in a, a two seater, actually the same stand where I saw the double drop time buck the year before. So I hadn't hunted that stand very much this season, maybe twice. Okay. So I thought maybe the lack of pressure and the time of season and then that southeast wind again he'd be kind of or mature bucks would be cruising that fence line the same way that buck in the video did well that wasn't the case we didn't see much we saw a little dink eight point chasing after a doe that was just basically trying to kick him away wanted nothing yeah. to do with him right yeah so we sat and it was chilly in the morning but warming up and we decided to to go back to the truck and go for a walk so we, it was funny because we, we probably only walked about 100 meters in front of the truck and a doe came out and crossed and i said ashley get ready because this time of year if there's a doe <laughs> there's gonna be a behind. buck behind it right and it might not be right behind it might be five minutes behind it 10 minutes behind it but there's gonna be a buck not too far from that doe chances are Sure enough, it was seconds behind this, no way. this big mature 10 point comes running out of the wow. bush. So I get the camera out and I'm videotaping it as they're running. But like these, these, he was harassing her. Like, it, I mean, you could, you could technically call her rape. I yeah. Think. Like it was, oh, it yeah. was, it was bad, right? Like that doe was running for her life. Right. So we didn't risk any shots or anything, but we did walk up to where they went in the bush thinking like, this buck's going to be so preoccupied with the doe. We might yeah, be able yeah. to walk right she up to it. She might stop right? 50 yards That's in. That's right. Yeah. And he might be taking so much of her attention and likewise with her that we might be able to walk right up to him. Right. Wow. You know, things happen in the oh, rough. For sure. You know, and we only have so many days to hunt. So we were going to take that chance. It didn't work out. They took off in a thick cover. And I mean, you know what it's like up here. I mean, yeah. If once it, they're gone, they're yeah, gone. Yeah, once it takes ten steps, they've disappeared. Right? Yeah, it's not like sure. being down in the prairies where you you can stop. Oh, you got a right? you got a couple minutes, man, to watch. Well, right that's just it, right? At least you have a chance to stalk something. Yeah, you know, you you got a shot at it. But well, up it's here, Saskatchewan, and I remember when we used to hunt. If you if if you're cruising down a road, just road hunting, looking for deer, and a deer bolts, you got time to drive your truck around to the other side <laughs> of the field and cut them off, yeah. right? You watch a deer run away all afternoon. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, we didn't have any luck with that. So, and honestly, we just all we did was 
go up and take a look around. We probably sat 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Turned around and walked 400 meters back to the truck where we were. And as we got to the truck, there was a nice 10 point. The one in the pictures on my blog okay, yeah, was yeah. walking right down the trail, right behind the truck. So I'm yeah. like, Ashley, come over here. Ashley, come on. So because I'm tall, I'm 6'3", she's only short. So I could see this buck fine over the top of the brush. Oh, but no, she couldn't but she see couldn't it. So see she was it. standing beside me trying to see it through the rifle scope. And I'm videoing it. And I'm like, babe, oh, no. babe he's right there. Babe, <laughs> <laughs> you know, babe, right there. And she's, you know, like, she's poor. Yeah. She's just so excited. Wanted to shoot. Right? Yeah, like, and you yeah. feel for Yeah. she loves hunting too, right? So, yeah, that didn't work out oh, either. No. So, you know, there's a couple of busted, busted situations there. But then... Uh, yeah, we hunted for the evening, and geez, I think we saw a couple more bucks that evening, but they wow. were just little ones, hey? Yeah. So, yeah, that next morning, we actually split up, and she saw a doe the next morning on her own, which was weird, and then I saw three small bucks all, which I got some pretty good video of, Yeah. and then another small buck with a doe and then we met up and saw another but it was it was actually man you've but got an incredible property it is there. but you know it's hard to be disappointed with seeing that many deer but it's it's funny there's there there's not a ton of big mature deer it was yeah. almost like there was a winter kill x amount of years ago and it killed the that class of deer that yeah. that year of deer right, or something that year so you got of lots of up and or, coming man the amount of eight points i have on that property that are just really nicely framed three and a half year old yeah. eight points is it's i don't know if they're ever going to amount to anything if wow. they all have the same genetics yeah. but if one of them hits the lottery with the right doe and gets the right gene pool Do you have any mix, wolves out there there is, but you know what? Because like, wolves will take out those old, mature deer, right? Yeah, and, uh, you know, I don't know if they're taking out a ton of deer because there's so much livestock there that would be easier oh, for yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I feel yeah. like they, it'd be easier for them to get, like, a goat or a sheep mm -hmm. or a donkey sure. or a mule or something up there on those yeah. farms, right? Like, But they do come down there, and I know they've taken a horse before. So it's a fair amount of cats out there. Well, there is. Yeah, yeah, I saw tracks on that property for the first time ever. I've still never seen a cat. In yeah, the grizzlies out there day. too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a number of grizzlies on that property. Actually, I've had one scratch in its back on my ladder stand before. Oh, you got pictures of them? Yeah, on my trail camera, it's got pictures of them doing nice. that while I was in it. No, Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> wow. No, so it was, a, it was a real eventful weekend. And even this week so far, like at work, I've been seeing a pile of deer. Like I saw one and I had to drive to Slave Lake to pick up some methanol for work and right on the highway in Asinole, like there was probably a 150 inch buck bedded down wow. in the grass on the side of the highway, just 20 feet away from a doe, just watching her eat well, Amy, right there, man. I could have walked right up to the thing. Like it just, yeah. Amy was telling me the same thing. I was hunting last weekend, <clears throat> spent, you know, 20 hours in a tree stand. Didn't see anything. And she's like, yeah, I was driving on the highway going to drop my deer off at the butcher and just like a giant five by five, just right off by the Canyon Creek sort yeah. of uh back road there. And yeah, that's how she goes. I'm always a little jealous of you guys. I get to work in the back in the oil field area and you're oh, going to be in, man, the, in the hills and, and back out in the, and all the moose, you in see. moose and deer country all day long. You Honestly, guys see all the if big I was critters. the kind of guy that wanted to jump out of a truck and shoot a deer, yeah. I could have shot some dandy deer. Wow. We're operating in that house yeah. mountain area. Yeah. 
for sure. Yeah, you if know, that's and, all it was. Exactly. Just, if that's all it was, was just jumping. And, and I've had a deer, couple opportunities. You could you could shoot some monsters for yeah. sure out there. Yeah. But that's not why we do it, right? We eh. we hunt for that experience. I, I'm not gonna lie and say I've yeah. never done it. Oh, I've, I've oh, been no. out there and We've done all it done when it, I was man. younger, and like and I you just, know what? I, it, it just it lost its appeal to me. I think, and if if you just want to kill a deer, and if you've got a ton of crown land like we do around here with a ton of oil lease sites and you know oil lease roads and back roads and trails that you can drive on quads and trucks you're probably more likely to kill a deer just cruising roads any deer yeah. honestly you know I, this might be controversial and i may take some does. heat for it but i've always said you could train a monkey to shoot a 140 inch deer with a rifle in alberta just spend enough time at the in your truck yeah and you'll you'll do it honestly i'm not that's not a shot at anyone that's nope. not a that's not me trying to sit on a pedestal as i'm just that's how good it is in alberta well i think yep. it's getting tougher though i think the last couple of years the deer populations haven't been where they have the, been to previously me, i find this is a tough year yeah for sure uh, i know a I'm lot saying. of people yeah. online are saying there's big bucks everywhere and big bucks going down their pockets so, right? there's a lot yeah. more people out this year though right a lot more people out this year um and all we see is the big shit like we we're saying before and yeah. started, including online i've yeah. started to question whether like trying to help these deer out through the winter is doing them harm or good yeah you know well i think it's i think it's working to... out for you like you've got by the sounds of things you've got nearly the perfect property for deer well it'll take several years to produce that's right right. and they're staying on that property and that's what you want to do you want them to stay there all winter so they're there all summer all hunting Mm -hmm. and they live there right i think a lot of that comes with just giving them their own space right yeah for sure you got to stay out of there yeah you you go in and start putting your footprint everywhere and your scent everywhere they're gonna bail man like and i never really thought much of that i've heard lots of people say that but last year i saw it firsthand yeah when i shot that deer and hit it with that arrow and then came back the next day and searched for it i never saw anything wow on a on a camera that used to get mature bucks on it Mm -hmm. every day and like hundreds of pictures of deer a week yeah it was getting nothing me setting it up and me leaving it or picking it up sorry and that's all i would get after i went it's crazy how tuned in they are man and to this day they haven't been back there oh really yep they're they've shifted they've literally shifted over about not far probably three four hundred yards yeah but they don't use that trail anymore they don't come past that tree anymore and i've left the camera there to verify but they're smart man that's crazy. I mean, and you don't learn that stuff when no. you're just cruising a lease road and hop yeah. out of your truck and exactly. shoot one, right? But like, if you really start to study these animals, yeah. man, they are smart. Yeah. No, and I've I've sort of you know learned the same thing the hard way over time. I've put so much dedication into one or two stands, and the issue with that is I'm only giving myself two options to hunt all season. And I just go back and forth to those stands, hunting them too much, checking the cameras too well, much. Well, and you're limiting yourself to like three deer. Exactly. Right? You're like, I'm only going to shoot this deer, this deer, or this deer. Yeah. So what I've actually done now, like I've, I've got five stands out in the bush right now. I wanted to put another one out, but I don't have another one, so I might pull it down. But anyways, is I've actually been looking for areas with cell phone service, so I can put cellular cameras there. 
because you know going into that stand even once every every month in the off season in the summer it's not beneficial to you at all nope. i think if you can run that camera there without you going in um one thing you can try is putting it somewhere where you don't have to get off your machine if you can if you can check your camera right from your quad well and i've actually I've actually stopped putting tree signs where I can even get a quad basically. Okay. Like I've been putting them on deer trails or on, on, you know, you know how they have cut blocks, they'll cut a road in and then they'll just fill it with logs and shit. So yeah. no one can get back there. I'll put it on areas like that. So other guys can't quad in and, and shit like that. Yeah. Sorry. I'm kind of spoiled, I guess with. Yeah. Pro- you get a driver right close spot, yeah. spot. So what I, so the perfect spot for me is what I've, what I've sort of been living off or, setting up my stands and cameras off of is quadding, you know, a little ways off the road, getting away from the road. So people, they can get a ways off, but once you get to a point, you still got to hike in 15, 20 minutes. <clears throat> and most guys aren't going to do that. <clears throat> you know, some guys will, a lot of guys will hike those cut blocks, cut lines, trails, and this and that. And I'll get the odd guy crossing a camera only a couple times a year. And that's all my cameras. So not very often. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, you know, limit the amount you got to go in, you know, hang that stand once, leave it there for two, three, four years, whatever it is, make sure it's nice and tight before you sit in it at the start of the year. Um, and then cell- cellular cameras, I think is, is one of the, the key to, uh, to keeping away from that spot. Yeah. For sure. So cell cameras help, but also, <clears throat> and this is me piggybacking someone else's experiences, but only hunting when the conditions are right. Yeah. Is, is really important. <clears throat> yeah. If you give your scent or you educate a mature deer that you're coming in and out of there, that is going to change what they're doing. They might not leave. They might not abandon that home range or whatever, but they're going to alter what they're doing to avoid you. And that's what I think my issue was last weekend because I hunted that one stand. I put it up on a Friday, hunted it Saturday, Sunday, Monday. What wind was it on Friday? My wind was good every time. I had a wind coming from the north northwest, mm-hmm. so it was good every time because the wind wasn't, you know, it was it was fairly decent. But then last week and, I, and every well, as long as you're aware, each day your wind. I'm rattling and grunting every hour or so. You're still rattling, eh? Yeah. Should I not be? Uh, I wouldn't be. To, now this is like there's probably okay. Gonna, well, I should say people... the deer that came in. Every deer that came in came in on a grunt. Yeah, some people are gonna say, "Oh no, I rattle this and rattle." I just I have never had success with it. Usually, that's earlier in the season when bucks are right. To me, right now, bucks have expanded a ton of energy. Yeah, chasing does. They don't want day day and night. They know they haven't been eating properly, and temperatures are dropping. Right, it's all built into their brains. Like as soon as that last day of summer hits. And the daylight starts to decline every day. Yeah. They increase melatonin production and hormones go crazy. So it's all genetic, man. It's all biological. These deer are doing this because it's, it's a biological yeah. thing, right? So, um, but that's yeah. what I think what, I, I what don't fucked know. me was rattling every hour for two or three days. And then I get into last weekend and the deer are bedding in these areas, but they just hear rattling every hour yeah. going off in this area. So they know we yeah, are not going I, over there. So the last two days, I didn't see a single freaking deer. I don't know that this so I think it just rattling is... Yeah. I, I think they've established their pecking order. Yeah. They've had their run-ins with one another. And they're going to avoid that at all costs right now because it's 
do or die. So if I'm buck, I'm going if, into this. If a buck this, risks an injury right now yeah. at this time of year, as malnutrition as they are right now, it could be life or death to it yeah. this winter, right? You know, you get a hurt leg or an, a deep injury from an antler wound or something like that. That deer could die this winter. Well, and mo- most bucks have had their ass kicked once or twice already. Well, that's what I mean. Not, yeah, you know, yeah a lot of times. them probably established the pecking orders in that area, right? They so don't want to mix with... It's more of a at a glance and the smaller one runs away this time That's here. right. I so would you do any light, like just sparring, sort of light at... No, you, I would have. I would just sit totally quietly at this point okay I, I the only thing i would do at this point would maybe be to use some kind of scent oh, okay if you have a small shooting lane would you use a decoy a small buck decoy yeah maybe a decoy i've never i've never done it so i can't really speak to it but i know i've had really good success with if you have a tight shooting lane if you're mm-hmm. hunting tight bush which is a good tactic this time of year um if you have a small window, dump a pile of that doe estrus oh, okay. in that little window. You just need him to stop for a second. Yeah. Right? You don't need him to sit there and make his own scrape. You don't need him to start humping a tree or anything yeah. crazy. You just need him to stop and investigate it long enough for you to hit record and pull the trigger. Right? Yeah. So that would be a tactic I'd go to, but okay. I don't know that you're doing yourself any favors rattling, buddy. I think okay. if bucks are here and rattling right now, they might even run the opposite direction because yeah. they want to avoid the altercation. That's my, just so, my opinion, right? And there's probably people listening right now saying, man, this guy doesn't So the last buck in. I rattled in was on the 15th and it was early morning and he came charging through the bush. Fucking, I heard of the bush yeah. breaking and I needed him because when you're in a tree stand, you're limited to shooting, right? Second week of October there. They're, they're, they're yeah, was, running pretty close together, I noticed. Yeah. Yeah. So he came right behind my stand, cameras ready, everything. I needed him just to come forward or turn left. He went right because I think he caught my wind. And then he went way around and I, I lost him. But after that, I had three other bucks come out that day and each one came out to a grunt. Mm-hmm. Um, a small buck, like a little three by three. It wasn't a minute later, his head pops out and he just comes running right out. And then he sees me and wheezes and runs away. But, um, but yeah, and then last weekend, I was just grasping at anything i could and i was grunting one hour then i do a rattle and back and forth and i got to the point on the second day i'm like man i'm in this tree making so much fucking noise these deer now some of them have seen me they know to avoid this area yeah so i i was what my plan was this friday was sit in that stand in the morning because the morning i like to get somewhere and be established get in there in the dark have a good sit in the morning, whether I see something or not, just be there, take the stand down at noon and about another kilometer back, there's a cut block that you can't get to with a vehicle or quad or anything. I hiked in there last, last, uh, Monday and, um, just deer tracks galore. Cause it's about two K now off of a road. You can't quad in there. You got to hike in, you got to cross a frozen river. It's a bitch to get in there, but the deer tracks and deer sign is just insane in there. So I was going to take my stand down at noon, slowly, quietly get it into a tree and then sit that cup block for the last three days. Um, Just because I think I've screwed this one spot because they know where my tree stand is. They've heard me rattling, heard me calling. And I think I've pushed them back into this block, into this sort of drainage. And um, this cup block, you can see 700 yards. It's almost a full kilometer. You can see like it's very good visibility. If you were seeing deer, I I, I can't see them going very far. No. no. Like I said, they might just be avoiding that sound and just kind of ducking off to avoid that area. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Or I mean, 
I, I don't know, obviously, yeah. what's going on out there. But to me, uh, I think your best bet's just quietly sitting there, man. And yeah. Like I said, maybe throwing up some dough scent. So I, I had, I have been using one of those Montana decoys. Now, last weekend I used it the first day, but obviously I didn't see anything last week, but I've had three deer over the course of this month come right in, look at that decoy stop. And I was on the ground one day, the first one, he looked right at me, he's seen me and he was sort of curious to me, but he was very curious to that decoy. He walked up and he sort of did their little wheeze at it and he realized that deer decoy wasn't moving or anything. So he stopped for a couple minutes looking around, came a little closer and then he just hopped away and I grunted and he stopped. I just played around with him. He was a little three by three, but they are very curious of it. Um, And I like the Montana decoy because I can take that thing down and put it together and 15 seconds it fits in my backpack i can put everything in there and my idea with that is you know i'm hunting these sort of my plan this season was to hunt these cut blocks hunt these cut lines and i figured if i had a decoy out there if there's a deer cruising that tree line they might just come out and peek it might spike their curiosity um have you ever used decoys or utilized no, anything no like i've that? never used a decoy before no yeah i don't i mean i've seen videos of guys using them and it looks like they de- exactly like you say just to get their curious. attention just to pull them out yeah it seems like they're really good to bring them in to like 10 yards away from it or so and yeah really kind of give it that like what the heck is this kind of thing and yeah. that gives you enough time to get set up and yeah do what you got to do so in that sense i think they're great i've never used them so i have no experience about them but yeah. i think like from what i've seen like people that use them on and video it like they do a great job for sure yeah, so that was my game plan this because I'm taking Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday is my game plan, and um, and that's what I was thinking hunting hunting that cut block which is quite a ways back. Um, you know, it's tough to get there. If I killed something back there, I'd probably have to debone it and and pack it out just because the deadfall and everything else. You wouldn't haul it over the river, um, but you know what um i'm hunting public land and and if that's where the deer are that's where the freaking deer are. you gotta do what you gotta do right well that's that's great so, tactic this time of year you gotta go to where the action is so yeah. if you see fresh sign don't be afraid to man move. i stepped in this you, you know how you look on like you spend a lot of time looking at maps eric yep well, and sure. you oh, look at maps wicked tool. yeah and you see a spot and you're like man that looks so good and then you hike in there and you're like shit there's willows that are 15 feet tall i can't see nothing or you see something from a distance on a hillside side and you're like that cut block looks insane and then you get there and you're like shit man like i can't even walk in here it's all muskeg this one i could always see it it was in the distance and i'm like man i just gotta hike that extra kilometer to get back there and so i did it and i got back there in this spot man i crossed that frozen river hiked up the hill there's fucking fallen trees everywhere i was crawling under crawling over i step in this cut block and it's like I was in heaven, man. The It wasn't growing up. You could see from one end to the other. It was, like I said, you could see six, 700 yards from one side to the other. It was about 300 yards wide. <clears throat> so it was, it was fairly big, not huge, but it was long. And the deer tracks were just insane. Deer piss, deer shit, deer tracks absolutely everywhere. Um, and I actually sat there for a couple hours and then it was getting to be like that 3.30, like almost prime time. And I sort of fucked myself because I'm like, man, if I do shoot something back here, like I barely know how I got here. Mm. <laughs> I got to find my way to get back. I'm 2K from a truck at this point. I don't have game bags. So I just slipped out of there quietly. 
and I ended up sitting in my stand for like the last hour and a half. But but now I know how to get in there. Um, and uh, now I have an idea of what's going on in going on in that spot. And uh, and yeah, that's sort of my tactic for these last three or four days. So we'll see. And you're taking the last three days or something there, Charlie? Yeah, something like that. I'm going to go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you're just quietly sitting in your stand? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I abandon all calls and tactics right around the middle of the month. Okay. Like I, like you said, rattling does work great for peaking the curiosity. Yeah. But we're also peaking the curiosity of two-year-old deer, right? Yes. I'm hunting a five-and-a-half or yeah. six-and-a-half-year-old buck, right? And they don't respond to things the same way these young bucks do. And I've noticed that I can, I'm great at seeing deer. I'm yeah. great at seeing two and a half, three and a half year old deer, but I'm not great at seeing six and a half year old deer, whether it's a buck or a doe, right? They're yeah. just a different animal altogether. So and like I said, I can all, I'll eat a tag if I got to, but my goal is just to put down a mature one. I don't care if he's all broke off and scores 13 points or 13 inches or whatever. It doesn't matter. I just want a five and a half year old buck, right? Yeah. That way there I can say, okay, I've taught myself enough now where I can get a mature one with my bow Yeah. and trick it at its own game. Mm -hmm. And so this time of year, no food plot, no bait piles, none of that. I figured it out and that'll, I'm hoping translate into other things. Like maybe I'll be able to take that to elk hunting. Maybe I'll For sure. like, if I ever get into that. Right. So uh, like I said, the, the things you can learn from these things, like I was reading an article the other day, which taught me about that melatonin thing. That's why I think you're rattling is kind of useless right now because it's all a hormonal thing, right? Okay. They, they get to a certain balance at a certain amount of sunlight. Like if their eyes receive a certain amount of sunlight in any given day, they're going to, that's going to correlate to a certain amount of melatonin released Mm -hmm. by its brain. Right. And that will respond or that will relate to hardening of antlers. So in September, yeah. After the, the sun starts going down earlier every day, that, says boom melatonin time right so now they start shedding that velvet they start to get a little more aggressive towards each other break out gradually yeah start to break out of their bachelor groups because they get more melatonin produced every day as the sun gets less and then by this time of year they've got the hormonal balance that says one thing either mate or eat yeah right and so you mentioned to me earlier you're hunting food sources this this time of year right now in the evenings in the evenings okay. yeah yeah i'm finding right now that <clears throat> if you look around most of the young deer and does are still out in the field at first light okay like i don't know if you guys have been driving around and looked during you know, like at first light or whatever you just see them back on the tree line feeding on the edge right well i'm hunting in the mornings i'll be hunting that transition area right on their bed line okay so i want to get into their bedding area while they're still out feeding mm-hmm. right and you know six seven hundred uh, meters away or maybe a kilometer or two away in the food i'll sneak in and get right on their their bedding area on a, you know wherever i can find a stand with a good wind yeah and then as they come back to bed you'll see the does and young bucks go in first and then you'll see bucks coming from different angles. Yeah. You know, the, the does and then young deer will go in downwind or into the wind. They don't, they're kind of oblivious to the wind more than the yeah. mature deer, but you'll see bucks coming perpendicular to that 
trying to catch sure. the downwind stuff of that bed in area, right? So yeah. I'm going to hunt those areas as I transition back to bed in the morning, and then I'll be set up on the food for the evenings. I see. So as they come out of their beds in the afternoons, I'll already be sitting on their food source. Man, I am so excited to get back out hunting. <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, so I, I don't know if I'm going to sleep dude. much tonight. I'm listening to you, and I'm like, geez, I just got to get out there, yeah. man. I can't wait. Yeah, like it's all fine and dandy for me to sit here and say it like I know what I'm doing, but it's another thing to go out and get a six and a half year old buck that's 160 inches underneath your stand at 12 years. Very tough. You know, like, I don't know if you guys got time, but that Don Higgins guy I always talk about, he did it again, man. Wow. He shot 407 inches of white tailed deer and two deer holy smokes so he shot one earlier it was like probably two weeks ago that was like 213 inches and i heard he shot another one that was like 187 wow yesterday and i listened to the story on it today while i was at work and he got permission to hunt this piece of land like four years ago okay has never hunted it Oh, okay. Until the day he shot that. Has he like has he had cameras? Has he scouted it? Yeah. He just hasn't hunted it. Yep. Okay. Yep. So basically, long story short, he said, you know, I've I've had access to this land for a long time, been running cameras on it. I've got a few guys that are my eyes and ears out there that basically tell me when they see bucks they think have potential. And they're not coming to me, he said, with 150 inch deer. He said, they're coming to me with (laughs) 200 inch. You know, they're coming to me with deer that I need to be taken serious, he said, right? So he said, I know when these guys come tell me to go to this property and get permission, I know I need to go there and get some cameras up. Yeah. So he went and set cameras up and they found a 17 point, real non typical, funky looking deer that they labeled as unkillable for those four years because he only ever came out at night. He only was daytime active on other properties. There was a number of other hunters in the area after him. And they said, well, we're not even going to, wow, not even going to worry about it. And then all of a sudden he said, yeah, the right weather conditions came up and I figured I'd go over over and sit in that stand. And he said, well, I knew it was going to be a tight. And this is where I got the idea for that dill piss. Right. And I've done this before, but I'd never done it in excess like this. So he said, and it reminded me of what you were talking about, about the spot with willows. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, I, I noticed that this wasn't a typical situation. You know, I've got situations where I've got a tree stand 25 feet up in an oak tree. And I've also got a situation like this one where I'm eight feet off the ground in a ladder stand. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't get up as high. It's thick cover yeah. and I have one lane to shoot. So he said, I got in that stand that morning knowing with that wind direction that buck was going to he was going to come through because I've been scouting him for four years. Yeah. So he said, I know that buck's going to come through here. I've seen him do it for three years in a row on my trail camera. So he said, I got in that stand and he said, I didn't even hang my bow up. He said, I set it across my lap and I said, I had my other end on the release. And he said, within 15 minutes, that deer was on the ground dead. No way. Yeah. like that's that's the kind of level i want to get to right so i listen to this guy all day and then i try and translate it back to these three and a half year old dinks i'm seeing and they're still kicking my ass yeah that's a (laughs) level of uh well that's a level of deer comprehension that takes years to achieve he shot three confidence wow that's oh for sure guys he shot self-filmed himself (laughs) shooting three 200 inch whitetails wow in the last four years that's insane (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's okay. you know what I mean? like, anyway but some uh, some guys just have the magic touch too right? but, yeah. knack, but, but the thing is the he guy, definitely puts the work in he does and that's what a lot of people don't know is he's got 50 cameras out there yeah. he's got like the number of stands yeah. right and that's it helps right like 
and that's that's probably what I'm gonna do next year. Yeah. Like you guys both know, I put a lot of apples into this one property where I hunt, and mm-hmm. I think that's been a little detriment to me because. You know, a guy should really be getting his resources out there and trying to have multiple different spots where you might find that deer, right? Yeah. Like, because I mean, uh, I'm a deer hunter. I'm not yeah. out there looking for elk or moose very no. often, right? Maybe once a year. To me, all as soon as this season's over, man, I'm hanging cameras other places, yeah, looking for bucks for next year, right? Mm-hmm. So. I think next year what I'm going to do is I'm going to probably spread out on five, six, seven different properties. Oh, okay. Maybe have one stand on each one of them. Yeah, for sure. And then just, you know, same tactics, just different properties, right? And I'd like to, you know, I think I'm overdoing it maybe. I think like we were talking about earlier, you go in there too much. Like you said, you were there three days in a row. Well, I guess I'm there Friday afternoon until Sunday afternoon. Like, yes that might affect for two weeks the deer mm-hmm. movement through that area you never know i don't no. know that's for sure yeah i know one thing the so, more you hunt a stand the less deer you see out without of it. a doubt right yeah usually so your what best are, sit at a stand is your first one. Oh, i agree uh, even fishing man your best oh, yeah. ch- best chance to catch a giant fish is that first Soon hook that drops down bottom, <laughs> yeah. absolutely man. i don't Especially. know how many times we popped up a tent and the first guy that ever it's a race to drop that first hook because yeah. you know it's, well, it's there's a good chance. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are the perfect conditions for whitetail hunting this time of year? What are you looking at in the sky, weather wise? For me right now, if I had to pick the weather for tomorrow morning and you're it's going not, you're going out tomorrow morning? Oh absolutely. Nice. Yeah. I probably won't even sleep tonight. I'm so yeah. pumped. But uh, if I had to pick perfect conditions. I'd say minus 15 with wind chill at about minus 20, a normal like Northwest wind, like just a typical wind. That's chilly, man. Yeah. Perfect whitetail weather. We got warm weather this weekend. Though, I know we? it's not ideal, but some people will say that bucks get really stupid when they're warm. Okay. And what? I don't know. It's yeah. old wives tale. Okay. Whatever. Carry on. But yeah, I'd, I'd say minus 15 to minus 20 regular Northwest wind, nothing funky. Yeah high barometric pressure clear skies and yeah clear skies are good eh well i just i find we got a full moon this weekend is that yeah. beneficial i don't know man i don't yeah. know anything about moon and how, what that does i've never put a lot of attention into it but i do know that weather has a huge effect on activity mm-hmm. it's not going to alter when the rut is or you know the moon phase isn't going to alter when the rut is that, no. that's yeah i love that uh oh the rut's not starting yet it's not cold enough oh man you you know what like that's my dad that's my dad's line it's like it ain't cold nothing's frozen yet i'll tell you how you know when the rut happened when you see the first fawn hit the ground go back 200 days that's when that doe was bred oh really yep that's like their gestation period yeah 200 days right so if if you want to know like 200 days from right now puts us at like june 14th yeah right and that's perfect for the mother to have nutrition while she's nursing yeah for the baby to have green grass and cover and flowers for its camouflage it's perfect it's nature like like i said it's all biological man like people get this we overcomplicate things as humans right like we have this thing where we're like no 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 the farmer's almanac says it's gonna be an early rut this year it's like no wait no those those deer have been surviving here in northern alberta in this climate at this latitude for that long what they a know life when their fawns need to be born so they survive what right? a life of a doe though eh? you're pregnant 
majority of your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Majority yep. of e- every year you're packing. Oh, can they? Will they get pregnant every year? Oh, I, I've I've definitely seen. Well, I've seen bucks chasing does that have fawns with them yeah. still. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And you I, know what? I, I'm I not have a scientist to know. I have read that do- some fawns first year deer come into heat. I've heard that for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, now that you say uh, that, you know, I can, I don't know that they all do, but I I did read another interesting fact that there a doe can have fawns with different dads. It could have twins in the spring, but they could have different fathers. Oh, I think really? I read something so like that what too. What I'm saying is, is that really? like you may see a nice big ten point breeding a doe, mm-hmm. but she has two eggs wow. or three eggs released Holy during shit. that period of time where she's fertile. Yeah. So that being said, he might have only fertilized one fertilized one what of those is. eggs. Could that so, have been something like Mark Kenyon wrote or, or I don't know. Man, I swear I heard that somewhere. Oh no, it's about no, it. this is this is factual. Like no, I, I, I swear yeah, I've seen that somewhere. Yeah, no, this and is, I don't usually this dive is factual into the stuff like cuz I get most of my stuff out of like a lot of universities down in the states do studies on this stuff oh, yeah, right a, a lot ton of, of what, lot, yeah, yeah a ton so of deer i get a lot of my info from that kind of stuff i mean it's it seems to be a good source rather than just some idiot like me writing a <laughs> column in a oh for but, sure but uh no like it's uh pretty interesting stuff so yeah like you might see a doe getting bred by a, a buck thinking oh man that's so good he's passing his seed along and then you see that same doe somehow you know it's mm-hmm. her and she has this doe and a fawn or two fawns, one's a buck, one's a doe. You're all pumped because this buck's gonna grow up, and it just is, ends up being a dink. Yeah. Because that little buck that was hiding in the bush while you were watching Big Daddy breeder. Yeah. Was waiting for Big Daddy to go have a nap so he could sneak in and fertilize the other egg. Right. <laughs> so, so you don't like that, and that's another variable that comes into when you're trying to have this quality deer management program where you're, oh, I'm gonna grow big bucks, and mm-hmm. like, oh, if, if I let this one be the breeder, well, there's no guarantee. Right? Well, like, we were talking about that earlier. How some years you're you've been watching a buck all year, and he's a uh, he looks decent, and you're like, oh yeah, next year if he just goes one or two more years, he's going to be a giant, and then the next year he just drops twenty inches. Yeah, like he yeah. drops or doesn't improve anything, <laughs> or gets right? eaten by a wolf, and you never see him again. Yeah, right? yeah. So or he gets it, shot from the road. It's by not something. like yeah. yeah, it's not like we're sitting on farms down like huge tracts of land where there's really low variables for this yeah. stuff. Like you basically just got to keep coyotes away right like well here there's your property man they just got to go to the edge of your property and they're on the highway almost right oh yeah you get smoked by vehicle have you you found any of all the the deer on the highway all the time i see deer in front of that property hit yeah i've seen lots in front of the property yeah all the time i see them there even this week i've seen i've almost hit like four deer right on that corner (laughs) holy shit deer on that property man (laughs) (laughs) holy shit moments right there on that corner let's just say if you need a doe tag filled you (laughs) can come up to my place and we'll get you a doe wow uh actually matter of fact if anyone needs an eight point i got about 40 of them out there wow. wait, till you look, wait till you look at that friggin that's crazy memory man. card i gave you it's just full of me video to, oh here comes another yeah oh this is a nice buck no wait another eight point not what i'm looking for <laughs> on to the next one that's crazy so, you know although you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna really laugh because you know how they say don't pass something on the first day you'd shoot on the yeah. last day You'll see in my video the first day of the season. I just popped a blind up for the first time, right? And I was like, oh, what the heck? I'm out here. I might as well yeah. sit in it for an hour. 
it's raining so i was thinking oh, i'm gonna sit here and kind of like warm up because i was out getting cold and wet and I'm like, well, i'll sit in here for a bit turn the camera on like <laughs> sure enough this little spike this little dink little four corn kind of walks out and he brings his friend just a little another pronger and uh so these two dinks come walking. The next thing you know, there's this 10 point, probably like a 140 10 point oh, full wow. perfect velvet coming right at me on a string. So I'm videotaping. I'm like, I should probably shoot this guy. Hey, Holy <laughs> so, smokes. anyway, I think I got like 10 minutes and 14 seconds of video of that really? thing, man. And then right at the end, was, was he like, within bow range? Oh yeah. Oh. oh yeah. He was inside 30 yards. Yeah. But he was aware of me, right? Because it was the first time I ever put the blind, the blind up. Yeah. So he was looking at me the whole time coming across there. So yeah. if I had picked up my bow or something, I probably would have spooked him, right? Yeah. But it was, you know, now I'm thinking back at that buck thinking, geez, it would be nice to have a full velvet rack. Have yeah. you got a velvet deer before? No. No. Yeah. No. That was my goal the last three years. I've been, I was sitting in the stand the first four or five days of the season. Cause that's all you got, man. Yeah. At least I've noticed around here, the mature deer, they always shed their velvet earlier than the younger ones. And you usually have the first two or three days. That's it. Like I've seen, there's a big deer I've been watching for six or seven years. And, and usually the second day of the season, third day of the season, you might get a nighttime pick of him or, or a daytime pick and he's got no velvet. Really? Yeah. Very early. And, and I've noticed that where the younger deer, you might see like a, a two and a half year old deer have velvet in the middle of September sometimes. Like that's not abnormal to see. Yeah. Um, but your larger deer, more mature deer, they seem to shed first. They also seem to shed their antlers first, I've noticed. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that. I have noticed that. That's one thing yeah. I've seen. Yeah. yeah. And um, I assume I'm seeing that. Yeah. I mean, you see a lot of big, big, big body deer. Yeah running around with no horns in march yep and a little spiker that's not as big as him well this this big one that i've actually been watching the one year i got a photo of him in mid-december with no antlers yeah like just super early eh um and every year i'm like man i don't know if i'm gonna see him and then come you know july august he pops up shows his shows his face once or twice and then he's gone you need to hit a map man you can find that deer (laughs) yeah you gotta find out where he's wintering at you're right on the edge of him, obviously, yeah. right? Well, and I'll have pictures with like August. He's in the area all August. And you and my, I've always been trying to catch him on those first two days of archery season because he's still in those summer patterns. But as soon as that velvet's gone, man, it's like a light switch goes off. And it's the hormones. And that's man. the hormones, right? It is. All my deer disappear at that yeah. time. Like they must. All I can get for info is that it has a lot to do with melatonin. And articles and stuff I've read says, and other hormones okay. is about all I can get. Right? So I've so, always sort of called it like a summer range and then like a winter rutting range. You bet. And so my personally, I've always done my scouting in the summertime, which is great because you get a lot of trail camera photos, but come the rut, those deer aren't there. They aren't hanging out there. So this year and last year, what I've done is during the rut in hunting season, I've spent a little bit of time the odd day with boots on the ground, just checking places out, finding these areas where they are bedding, where they are during the rut, and then now planning from what I've learned this rut, where they are, where I hung stands this this uh, November, um, be more prepared next November because I found these you know late season rut spots rather than just their summering spots. Um, but that deer in particular... 
I haven't spent any time really wandering in the rut because I didn't want to like push them out of the range or anything like that. Um, and it's just complete bush, like bush as far as you can freaking go. Um, but so I sort of thought, you know, there's a nice little slough pond, which is in the very middle of the bush, like sort of swampy area. It's about um, 800 yards, 700 yards from where my tree stand was. But I had like three or four cameras in this spot in one uh, one year, I think 2016, 17. And they were all within about a two kilometer radius. And I had them on every single freaking camera. And this was in July and August. And, uh, and then once you got into your September, October, November, you'd maybe get one or two photos a month of him. And he just knows where to go. <laughs> yeah, I got a buck on my property. Does the same thing. <laughs> crazy. He, he summers over on the neighboring property who's got a farm with some pastures that yeah. has some good grass in it and some better food essentially for yeah. him, right? So he went, he summers over there. And then since I, I got a higher number of does over here, he comes over mid-October. As soon as that flip, the switch flips in mm -hmm. his head, he comes over and that's it. He's on this property until the end of the rut. So yeah. he's on cameras to the east only mm -hmm. until the rut's over. Yeah. And then he goes back over to the west and then he's only on the cameras to the west again. So I think that's the thing too. You got to find where those does are. Cause that's where those deer are going to be in Only the for a short period of time though. These yeah, bucks true. are real solitary. Cause I I've think. gotten like buck to doe ratio, man. And these actually where all of my cameras are, are like eight to one doe to buck, buck to doe, but oh, like wow. all young bucks, no does, man, no does. Well, I'll have, do I'll have a doe come in with a fawn. She'll come in all year round. They'll come through, you know, all year round the doe and, and one or two fawns. And every year you get a new doe or, or she, the doe might even be a, one of those fawns the yeah. next year with her fawns, right? Um, but not very often do you see like a mature doe by herself or two mature does. Um, doe numbers are like way down on all of my cameras, man. They got to get rid of that supplemental. You tag. can kill three does in these zones. Three? You could You could kill three does. In in South of Slave, you can kill three does. Yeah. Why? Because a mule deer? You can no, get no. a mule deer doe. No, no. three white tail does. Three white tail does. Really? Because yeah, well, you can use your general buck, man. right? Oh, that's right. right. So you yeah, have you a can, you yeah. have a general tag buck or doe, yeah. and then you also get two doe tags. Yeah, that's tough. So you could have a couple. You know, me <laughs> and my wife could go out. We could kill six does a year. Yeah, then you got five hundred wolves that each eat twenty five deer a year and yeah and you <laughs> yeah man it's just and then the unregistered harvest. it's not good it's not good they got to do something about that and i've been speaking with a local guy here who's who uh get yeah. rid of it for a year or two well and this and get that's what he says together or you, add the you have a deer tag if you choose to use it for a doe use it for a doe or split the supplemental zones up add a bigger list to that second tag right because there's yeah. only you can't there's not very many zones there's only like a there's less than a dozen where you can use zones both. where you can harvest both yeah oh really it's that little yeah yeah, yeah they, they've there's really knocked that down but they well, need and to i think they should it. what i think they should do is i think you should have one buck tag and one doe tag yeah that's good enough i don't think you should have a buck or a doe and then also your doe because then you could go and shoot two i think you should have one buck and one doe that's a good idea and just kind of monitor that for a few years see what the well you gotta do something man because yeah. they're everywhere i go there's fucking wolves everywhere i actually bumped 
a pack of wolves out of a cut block two weeks ago. I get in the cut block set up. It's like noon. I'm setting up for the evening. Figured I'd, you know, rattle some deer out. Yeah. And uh, I don't sit there for an hour and the wolves just start howling like crazy. They're 200 yards away down in a it's river. It's eerie as hell too, eh? Oh, yeah. I was hoping I'd pull one out. <laughs> yeah. But I, they. Oh, yeah. You're right. I, I couldn't. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't. But there's just tracks everywhere. And, um, yeah, everywhere I go, man, there's wolves everywhere. So these deer, they've got wolves, you know, they've got guys with three doe tags killing does. So the issue that we're sort of seeing, you know, I'm seeing it. I've spoken to, you know, some fish and wildlife, some biologists about it, a lot of other hunters that's, that have came in here. And um, the buck to doe ratio around here is just not good, man. Not good. The problem is we just don't have the does one buck can breed 10 does yeah they say on average about six they could does yeah but one doe can only get bred once right well or we said they could get bred twice and have well they're gonna get bred the whole time they're in heat they can yeah but they can only give birth once a year right so so you need more does man to have a, a good healthy deer population and i think that's why your properties are phenomenal you're keeping the deer there you're helping them out in the winter time those does are having fawns there they're sticking in that property and you've got a big chunk so there's a lot of land those yeah. fawns could leave the doe and they might still be on your property or in a different oh, section yeah, right they, yeah and so not shooting the does helps and that's, exactly. that's the problem with you guys on that's the problem land, with right? around here right because yeah. you'll go you drive around you'll that. see a doe and and you know some eight month year old fawns and guys shoot they'll shoot all three of them and then there's their tags right um yeah they gotta you know what's the what's the point three freaking doe tags man like it yeah. just doesn't make sense to me yeah. well me neither <laughs> I, I don't understand how someone's gonna eat that much i guess you can if you have well this is great for the meat whatever, but, but it's uh, good for the meat but even but the this deer, year the deer population is not like good. hunting i've seen one lone doe by herself this november yeah we saw the one and i've in seen november eight too. or nine bucks mm-hmm. one doe. i've yet to see a doe a mature doe that's alone yeah i've only ever seen fawns this year okay to be alone otherwise it's a doe and a fawn yeah and i'm not gonna like we've all shot does i shot a doe this year with jackson we were elk hunting you shot the lone one yeah we were elk hunting we're sitting in a cut block and we're calling for elk and we're like man even if it, it'd be great if a buck came out or a doe i'm filming it we could get it all on film a doe came out a fawn was with her and jackson's here. he's like can you shoot her i'm like no jack you know there's a fawn we we why. aren't gonna shoot we're gonna let him be and then sure enough another doe comes so she sort of this other doe sort of goes by herself and he looks at me i'm like yeah we oh, can yeah. we can do this <laughs> oh, yeah, so we get it boy. on film and we shoot it and it was perfect man nice. right um but you know i've had chances at other does and i've always believed that hey if the biologists are going to allow this amount of takes well you know they they should know more than we do but after you know talking to this many people and this many people who who spend their livelihood in the bush managing these animals and they're saying the same thing something has to change um i've refrained from that second tag but with that being said there are some zones that can sustain i'm sure two three does um, but at least here where my cameras are where i've been hunting south of town um it's it's a, a real struggle to uh to keep those bucks around and i think that's also sort of the reason why I have a tough time following a buck year after year 
because I just don't see him year after year, except for this one I've been speaking of in particular. Um, but I haven't really had many that I consistently see each year. Well, probably because they have to go so far to find does. Yeah. yeah. But the reason you're probably seeing that big buck, I think I know which one you're talking about there. Um, yeah. He probably just had no competition. Yeah. For No one was going to take his doe from him. Yeah. Right? Kind of like a herd bull. like. And yeah. that's kind of what they become a little bit. Like when they get in their bachelor groups, like that herd, but like I said, they kind of get their pecking order For right sure. then when they break out of those groups. And, and one thing that stood out to me with this deer, um, from the months of, of January or December until, you know, early mid, no, actually from December until October, Every single photo I have of him, I have a smaller two and a half year old deer coming into the camera a minute before he does every single time. And it's always the same deer every, like each year it'll be a different deer, but he's always with the one deer. You talked about this on a podcast. Yeah, man. Like it's, it's, and I don't see that consistently, consistently with other deer, but with him, it's consistent. Every time he's he's in front of that camera, he's with that smaller deer. And that squeaker always comes in a minute and a half or two minutes before he does. So it's like these big deer know, man. Like I'm I'm hooking up with this little guy and I'm just gonna follow or he's gonna lead the pack. And he's gonna, you know, if he's gonna he's be alarmed my dummy. before he's my dummy, yeah. before I do, right? But isn't it so cool to kind of learn that about yes. each individual deer? Like it to is get so to cool, know man. them well enough yeah. to, you know, like there's going to come a time, Brody, when you're going to harvest a buck that you're after like that. Right? Oh, it man. might not and be I, this buck, but it won't, one yeah. day down the road, you're going to say, oh, man, that's a nice deer. For he just sure. needs another year or two. And you're yeah. going to get that buck eventually, man, and it's going to mean so much more. For sure. Right? And then you'll for get it on sure. video, too. Yeah. And you'll be like, man, I followed that deer for this long. Watch this video because I got it all, right? It, like, takes, it takes a lot, though, to get a good established spot on public land. Like it's. Oh, yeah. It must be a nightmare. It's tough, man. Like, you know, I, I've hung probably in 10 different spots over the last four or five years. And I always leave a camera and stand for a couple years. And then by year three, if it's really not produced, I'll pull it and I'll move it somewhere else. And like I said, I've got about five or six out right now. And, you know, there's one or two where I'm thinking, you know, they, they aren't great. And so you usually do a trial sort of run for like two or three, two years. Like, I think you want two years at least because that first year that stands just there, um, you know, I think year two is when you start to see the regular activity of the deer that's going to be the year after year. And if you don't see that, well, then I usually take my stand down and move it because there's a ton of land to, to scout these deer. There's a ton of crown land. Um, but it's tough to find, you know, that, that one spot. And, um, and, you know, I just found, like I'd mentioned earlier on the podcast, you know, get a ways away from the road, quad as far as I can, and then hike 15, 20 minutes so I can get somewhere where I know I'm not going to have a bunch of hunters run through or chase deer out of the area. So that's a good approach, man. That sounds good. Yeah. I'm going to, I, like, I am just on a different, like same idea just to I guess a little different is i'm not searching for that spot I'm yeah searching you're for making that, that spot yeah no, but, but you're i'm also switching next year for that I'm, just, one. I'm putting my resources out everywhere yeah all over the place i'm gonna just fan out and yeah. just find a huge buck yeah once i do then i'll worry about the spot i'll mm-hmm. look at maps i'll get cameras all in there to try and learn him get a year's worth of data on him then yeah. i'm gonna hunt him yeah it's <laughs> too cool yeah this is this is where i'm gonna hunt 
where I hunt now is where I'm going to hunt for the next yeah for the next season yeah but all next year my cameras will be on different properties okay i don't plan on having any trail cameras on the property i hunt next year okay uh, they're all going to be elsewhere and i'm going to be using them uh, my plan is just to put them out in like mid-september yeah. and leave them until the end of november okay pull them all at the end of the hunting season and just see what those deer did without me ever going in to check them I without see. me ever putting my scent in the following year once the season's over in december and it's not going to alter what happened during the season or what they did during the season and it's a long ways from next season i'll slip in grab them and then i have all winter to look at maps and say holy shit that big buck yeah was here that day november the third and november 7th he was at this camera and say, okay, well, if I got him located here on a map and located here on a map, then I know he's been all the distance in between. Yeah. So then you start looking, okay, well, there's some geological features there that looks like, okay, well, you got an elevation change there, so he can't go up that hill. So, you know, that looks like a nice funnel. Then you start picking the... So the, you've, the, I'm assuming you've done some of this studying before. Do you note stuff down at when a deer's at a certain spot? Honestly, and, this might sound ridiculous, but I got a big journal in my do. truck because I travel so much at work, right? <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so like I got a journal, yeah. right? And I'll just write down yeah. whatever, big buck, 12.45 p.m. And do you see patterns? Uh, not necessarily patterns, but I'll go back to it. My book from last year, if I'm going hunting tomorrow, I'll go to the page from last year that's labeled November 27th or 26th or whatever tomorrow is. And I'll flip it open and see what the conditions were that day. Okay. I was working that day, but I did see a big buck cruising at noon. I see. Right. So, okay. Well, last year there were bucks moving at noon at this time of year. The conditions are similar. I'm in the same spot. Yeah. So chances are, you know, they're pretty. From year to year. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, and they're pretty much creatures of habit too. 100%. Like they're not. They're. They aren't going to move out of an area unless they're forced to, or unless, you know, like you said, if someone comes and shoots a deer out of their bedding area well they're gonna bed somewhere else or or if you do have a ton of guys coming into your property they'll move properties but in your situation if you have an area or a few properties that don't get pressured um, those deer are gonna stay where where they're safe right year after year so and the more i hunt sorry i should say the older i get the more i realize that less is more yeah yeah less time in the stand in bad condition or sorry more less time in the stand when the conditions are good will result in more encounters yeah than just going into the stand regardless of conditions so what are bad conditions just any anytime you're, you're given deer your wind bad no matter wind. how good we are no matter what you think about ozone never hunting bad wind that no never not if you want to get 10 yards 12 13 yards from them yeah right there's there we have no can i get way. away from it if i'm rifle hunting yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah no rifle hunting is a different story man altogether yeah you can just kind of get yourself on the edge of a cut block wherever you want and as long as your wind's blowing out into the open yeah. you're fine right but i'm looking to hunt a huge open area with maybe a two acre section of bush and you need that deer and if my you. wind is blowing into where i suspect that deer is bedded down 100 yards away from me yeah he's not getting up and coming towards me that's nope. for sure yeah right he's gonna get up circle around 
get the right wind and try and investigate that way. Right. But if you want to be like, I don't shoot really outside of 20, 25 yards. Right. So okay. if you want to get that close, then for sure <laughs> yeah. you need to, you need the wind, right? Like it's shitty because you don't often get the right conditions, but that's where having a few different options comes in. Right. Like I have stands yes. where I don't have the luxury of being able to wake up tomorrow and saying, ah, shit, wind isn't good. I'm going back to bed. Right. Like I gotta be able to hunt somewheres. So you have a stand for wind direction. A lot of different winds. Yeah, Yeah, I got seven tree stands, and I can hunt pretty much any wind. Well, that's the way to do it, right? Yeah. But the key is, and what I'm kind of trying to get away from is all seven stands are on the same properties. Yeah. Next year, I'd like to have seven different properties with one stand on each of them. Yeah. And seven different target bucks, so that if I feel like I put a little bit too much pressure on one. I can go hunt to another one that hasn't even been touched this year. Fuck, you got some work to do, man. Well, I got some doors and all gone for sure. I was very curious as to why he had never got into elk hunting. But you're so crazy about whitetails. You don't have time for elk, man. Like I said, once this season's over, like (laughs) this is like me. Like you, this is how I am with elk hunting. Like I've just been sitting here quietly listening to you guys go back and forth about the deer. It's great and it's exciting. And like I'm into whitetail hunting. But like the way you talk about whitetail hunting is the way that my brain works with elk hunting. Yeah, year round. But I've always been like that with moose. But with elk, it's just like. I've got to figure out how to get that 300 inch with an arrow. <laughs> elk, yeah, like I have worse, to. Man. Oh yeah. The and thing- even even with your story of like seeing that velvet one, you know, he came in perfect first time. He's sitting in the. Oh, line. my first two sits, I had chip shots. My first two hours of elk hunting, I had chip shots two on bulls, multiple right? yeah, bulls on camera, and I'm just like, nah. Remember you came to the shop and you told me that I'm like, man, you got to take those fucking opportunities <laughs> yeah, when you got them. You know, it sucks now because it would be nice to have, like I said, have that velvet set of hands. Like like, I'm out of time with you, elk. It would have been real you, nice to have a three pointer. Yeah. I can't get that Pope and Young buck or that five and a half year old buck. If I shoot the three and a half. Without a first, doubt. Right? And that's so, how I am. And, and it we, drives him crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I, I'm not doing it for the notoriety. I'm yeah. not hunting to get famous. I'm not looking to have my picture on magazines or something right like i'm just doing this but you set a goal to prove to myself right and to learn this because i want to be able to teach my kid right i want to be able to teach both of them like if you guys want to learn how to hunt because there's going to be a day when humans are so overpopulated that it's not going to be as easy as cruising down lease roads to fill your tags you're going to have to know how to hunt it's already getting there you're going to have to know how to hunt these animals i want to be able to pass that on to my kids right i want to be able to say listen kids we're wasting our time hunting today. It's too warm. These animals don't travel, yada, yada, yada. And I want to know what I'm telling them is, is pretty accurate, right? Yeah. So well, and now every, that comes by screwing up, now, <laughs> which I'm doing. Especially everybody and their grandfather has a satellite map too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all this stuff you think you're getting ahead by looking at maps and being all you know, inspector gadget. Yeah, and then you get the there guy and there's beside a truck you park has there. the exact same yeah. tools you yep. do on their phone, right? Yeah, nothing really replaces just getting and out I, there and, and doing your own. Just little walking, bit of like you said. Exactly. Right? Like, getting yeah. into that cut block that you can see from the road that's that nobody sort of wants to I, walk to. Yeah, and so, you know, 2015, 16, 17, I just sat my butt in the same stand every single weekend I could. And I just wore out the area, right? The deer knew where I was every time. That's the first thing they'd look at when they were 80 yards away. And I'd never get them in bow range. They say once a deer looks up at you once, they'll look every time they walk by. Yeah. 
Yeah. If they look up in a tree, the, I don't know if there's any truth to that. Yeah. But I think about it often when I get busted in the tree stand. I'm like, well, that deer's going to look up here every time. And I so if I ever year, saw some scary looking motherfucker yeah. sitting in a tree, <laughs> I'd look up in that tree yeah, every like, single what time. That? What the fuck? <laughs> you know? And so last year I, I sort of did a mixture. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hunt the stand and I'm also going to hunt because we don't have fields around here. A lot of guys, like all the photos I see on Facebook are guys sitting in the field with, you know, their ball cap on and their winter coat and a pair of jeans. Yeah. And I'm like, just rattled this guy. It was guy a tough did night not, in the stand. Did yeah. not sit outside for six hours or hike 2K yeah. to get that. My, my favorite is my favorite is just a picture, and then it says, "Got this guy this morning." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. just a field pickup truck tracks. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. wearing yeah. jeans I, and a honestly, hoodie. Honestly, literally the same thing this morning. It was just, oh, whatever. It doesn't matter who it is, but just looking on Instagram there. I was like, oh, that's a nice buck. Yeah, all dark pictures. I'm like, okay, yeah. The caption something like that. Great night in the tree stand or something like this. And like there was a video at the end of it. And I'm thinking, holy shit, buddy. Like that deer's neck is pretty friggin' floppy for as dark as it is outside, man. You might want to take that. Well, video I seen down. a video on Facebook the other day where there were two guys in a truck. One person in the back of the truck was obviously recording this. And so they're driving into a field and there's deer a hundred yards at the cut line. And the one guy's like, that's good. That that's good buck. That's good buck. They both hop out. Boom, 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 boom. And the person in the back is filming this. So he gets them talking about the deer opening the door. They both take two shots each and then, and then they, the video stops and then they posted the photos of the deer they got. Was that well. the winner of the big buck competition a couple of years ago here in Slave Lake? No, that was this year. Uh, okay. That was just that was just a, a week or two ago. I seen that. And I'm like, man, you know, I, road hunting is something special. Oh, I know who you're talking. We've about. all done it. <laughs> We've all done it. But to capture that whole thing on film, where the guys are like, oh, there it is, and yeah. then just showing it to everybody. Yeah, it's a little they, ballsy, get, they but... turn into the camera. Yeah, it was a tough hunt out here tonight, guys. Yeah. yeah. Really worked hard for this one. We it got were... this buck this year, and we self-filmed the hunt. Yeah. <laughs> we self -filmed, from the, the backseat of the truck. <laughs> but oh, you know what? And zero. like you said, man, if you can, you know, like I and I could have shot, you know, several a, a couple bucks for sure that just stood right in front of us, chasing a doe, stopped, looked right at us when I was with Amy and the kids. And that's how I hunt with Amy and the kids. We cruise those, those trails, those back roads and Amy got a couple deer. But there's a time and a place. Yeah, right? for sure. And I could continue to do that, but I, you know, the harder you got to work for an animal, the harder you got to work for anything in life, the more rewarding the it more is. The more you get out of it. Absolutely. Right? And so, um, I'm young right now. I can hike all day long. I can do it. I can withstand sitting in the stand in minus 20 freezing my balls off because I can do it. So I'm going to do it. And it is tough, but every year I'm getting a little bit closer. So last year I sort of thought, you know what? I'm not going to spend as much time in the same stand. I'm going to spend half my seat, one weekend in the stand, one weekend checking out cut blocks, hiking, whatever else. Well, I shot a deer on the last day. It just didn't work out as planned. This year I said, well, I'm going to spend my time on the in the bush with my feet on the ground find new spots and hang up stands while the season's progressing rather than hanging these in august i'm going to figure out where these deer are in november hang a stand and sit in that stand and so that last stand i i hung on friday the 13th actually like i said the first two days i had several deer come in front of me and it just didn't work out with the two or three mature deer i seen um you know one turn right when he was supposed to go left 
One was on the other side of Willows. I put my head down, adjusted my camera. He crossed my shooting lane before I looked up. It just didn't work out. But it sort of did work out because my stand was hung in the new area. I knew the deer were there. And they did come through in those two days. But after hunting that stand for five days, I think I educated them. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we're hunting public land. Um, I'm not sitting in my truck driving around all day which i have no issues of it's just not what i want to do it is tough hunting it is not easy and so if you can get that deer that's that's a pretty big feat you know what i mean yeah and like I, I don't like we're not here to discourage anyone's not at all man method, you know like, like i said we all do saying, it man right? we killed several deer like that this year that's not how i yeah, want and to i do don't it. want to come across as that guy i just to me i'm on a different journey with it right like i've done that before i've shot a deer jumping out of a pickup truck on a lease road yeah. and i've done it and that was cool and it was awesome right it was a cool experience but now like i just want a little more out of it right for like, sure man but you know what and you're hunting with the bow I, i'm hunting with the rifle man so i can cool. shoot a deer at 200 yards yeah so compared to what you're doing it, it looks easy but it's still oh, like public land camera, it's still with it's... the video camera it's very hard but then doing what you're doing with the bow um and that's you why know, with, i feel like my only camera, option is, is sitting in a tree stand quietly right now and that's my only option too like if i hiked all day long you're going to spot that buck. He's going to see you the same time you step over that branch and he's going to be, you got split seconds. You can't film that deer. You can't ever film it. No. So I came to the conclusion where if I'm going to film a hunt, I've got to be in the stand, but I don't want to sit in the same stand I have the last several years. So I'm going to bring a couple stands with me and as I find these spots throughout the season, I'm going to hang them. Mm -hmm. And that's well, if what I've been banking this weekend, on. So. You can always come hunt some of mine, right? Because mine have been fine and i'm not your stance yeah 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 no i got a number of stands you can come hunt and i don't care what you shoot there's a number of eight points i'd like to take out of there because the, you know i don't know what the heck's gonna happen don't, don't twist his arm now yeah don't oh, twist not, my arm i'll me. be there friday at 6 a.m my no, friend not, i'm not i'm not saying they're much for eight points but they're you know yeah they gotta geez they're all the same it seems like yeah but you know what man when when like we're getting i just so my eighth day i sort of said this november is is i didn't hunt whitetails at all until november usually i hunt them like i said first week of august but i was hunting elk early on we hunted moose really hard in archery season and then went back on to elk um so i hadn't hunted deer until november november 1st and so my eighth day of hunting was just this past weekend um, and I'm taking the last four. And so, you know, when you've already hunted eight days and haven't really had any great opportunities on mature deer, I'm at the point now where, you know, mature might've got lowered from a 150 to about a 130 now, you know what I mean? Because my opportunities are going to be slim. I'm in, you know, the peak rut, like we said, it was a week ago, basically a week and a half ago, but now we might get lucky and catch those those bigger bucks cruising because they're looking for does. And if I'm hunting an area with not a lot of does, um, you never know. You well, might see. That's my hope, right? man. I'm hoping these experienced bucks yeah. that have four, five, six years experience with the rut yeah. will start to sense that it's near its end and get a little kind of 
I don't know. More aggressive. Do. Well, yeah, more aggressive, but also a little less cautionary, if you know what I mean. Like, because you know what those big old bucks are like, and even mm-hmm. does, like a lone doe by herself in the woods. Like, man, you try getting a draw on her, and I try to. Yeah. Like, when I'm in the stand, I try and draw on every every animal I can just for practice just for practice just That's so you very get quiet smart. and smooth yeah. while you're doing it do you stand that, up every time or are you sitting I do both oh really yeah, depending eh? on where the deer is and where my bow is and what yeah. stand I'm sitting in and yeah. you know just try and roll with it right but it's nice to just be able to just kind of because you know what one of these times you're going to actually put your bow up and look through that sight and it's yeah. not going to be a little dank eight point it's going to sure. be and when you go through the motions over and over and over again that like that and you you're not nervous yeah. because, well, that's the thing. You're not nervous standing up when it's a little eight point buck. No. Right. You're just happy to be able to have got to full draw yeah. on them. You know, you're not going to shoot them. So there's none of this, you know, heavy breathing and yeah. nerves and shaking, but there is going to come a time when you are going to be nervous For and shaking sure. and there's going to be a big buck there. So you're going to want to have your other ducks in a row. That's, right? that's so, smart, man. Cause yeah. I've, I've screwed myself a couple times. It's hard, man. Getting a full draw on any deer is not the easy. first. Yeah. The one, one year, I think it was 16 or it might've been 18. Actually, I was sitting in the stand the first day, man, like three velvet deer came in. Perfect. One was a nice deer, nice four by four. Um, and I, I drew back and my arm hit the back of the, hit the tree because I had never drawn back in that stand before. And so I had to lean forward and I didn't have a good positioning with my bow or the way I was sitting Probably or flustered whatever. A little. Flustered as all hell, went right under him. Mm-hmm. And it was heartbreaking, man. So no, it's important even in the off season to set up a target down there and actually release an arrow out of your tree stand just to, just to, you know, get comfortable with it. Um, you know, cause, uh, it's, it's a different game than standing right on the ground, shooting a target compared to sitting, standing 20 feet up, shooting down at something that's slowly walking through the bush. Yeah. One thing I find really tough this time of year is that everything's freezing cold. Yeah. So your stand makes these sounds when you, so you got to kind of like, if you're constantly moving around a little bit in your stand, you get used to what you can and can't get away with. Right. That's my sort of issue. I think too, when I get in that stand, that's why I like to get super early into the stand. Cause I get in there, I've got my backpack on. I actually leave my rattling antlers there which I'm not going to bring with me this time. Oh, don't let me listen, man. No, don't no, let me I, talk no, man. Anything. That's an issue, dude. I, I think don't I like just telling people how they should no. do anything. Well, if I don't kill a deer, it's your fault. Yeah. No, but anyways, I'm, I'm coming in with if, my, if he goes, if he shoots up 200 inches, those yeah. journals are yours. are going to be real. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Party on. So I'm Brody's walking place. in with my, with my backpack and I've got my gun. I've got my rattling antlers. I've got my camera and my tripod. And so my gun, I tie it to my rope. And then I climb up the stand with my backpack, my camera. Then I got to screw my camera on to the camera arm. I got to hang my backpack on the hook. I got to take my rattlers off the backpack. I got to pull my fucking gun up. And I make a bit of noise getting into that stand. Um, so it's it's tough to be quiet. And this time of year, there's no leaves on the trees. So it is dead silent. Where in September, a little breeze is quite loud in the bush. Because you hear the leaves fall in yeah. and everything else, right? So... Um, yeah, so like you said, noise is a bit of an issue this year because it's tough to be super quiet. And even like I've got a neck warmer that is I've got two. I've got one that's just like all cotton and that one's dead silent. But the other one is sort of like a, a harder material on the outside. And I just move my head and hear 
and it's just too loud and it's because it's it's silent in the bush right now right if you don't have a wind it is you could hear a pin drop and it's uh it's tough yeah it can be an advantage sometimes i mean if you're hunting thick enough cover you hear you can them before hear them. you see them but yes in your situation i don't think that's helping you much but no yeah i wouldn't be too concerned about that if you're getting in there early so enough, i like a good right? wind yeah good yeah. Wind's nice. yeah yeah again it helps because tree limbs are moving exactly so the deer are already seeing movement in the trees yes dead calm and then all of a sudden like no trees are moving then all of a sudden you see this big fat guy step up and <laughs> tree stand wearing like 100 yeah, pounds of gear looking like the michelin man <laughs> like i swear that's what i look like to these deer up yeah there. <laughs> just all bundled up yeah but yeah no i've been busted enough to learn that i need to start practicing on even the little guys that come in because might as well yeah no that's smart man yeah so I'm, I'm hoping it all pays off man but it's deer hunting so it well i'll tell you what when you when you percentage. kill a deer give me a call and i will i'll, I'll gladly come out there and i'll uh, take out one of those four by fours oh no man you can <laughs> if you if you're not having any luck and not seeing it just come hunt my stands i don't care it's fine i, I mean i'm not worried about it <laughs> what you need like, you need oh, a place to hunt too no, no. he, he knows how much i've struggled up to yeah. this point oh so. no shit man no well anyways you're chasing moose man you I'm got trying. this is your last your last big hurrah i'm sightseeing with a moose tag in my pocket oh. yeah have you seen any this month yet i haven't seen i haven't seen a moose well, you filmed a few, didn't you? Didn't I see some in a field or something like that? Yeah, that was nowhere near the right Outside zone. Outside of the zone, yeah. Um, but I haven't seen a moose in that, like a huntable moose, since that one I shot at with you. And, uh, you know, we were there last weekend, and there's every day there's moose tracks, fresh moose tracks, fresh snow mm. every night, so it's good. And, uh, yeah, we were just hammering this one area, just covering ground back and forth. And... Uh, you know, always on top of fresh moose tracks. And so is this the same spot where you released an arrow at that moose, like the same same area? Um, I went and checked out that area a couple weeks back, and it was just full of wolf tracks, like one moose track. And just wolves Man, those wolves love area. those cut blocks. It's just so easy for them to travel. It's so yeah. easy for them to get around. They can, you know, they can see the moose um, way yeah. better than the moose can see them, for yeah. sure, especially in those cut blocks. So that area is divided so that area and the area i was hunting is divided by a creek okay and it's only you know a couple hundred yards and so where the these moose are on that other side in the bush away from the cup block and they're just in and out of the willows feeding and uh we just played cat and mouse and and lost you know we just never never found them found a few different groups of bulls where they were just coming out to spots and feeding every night but it seemed like that's when they were coming out was Mm -hmm. at night and then they must just be bedding down in, in, in the middle of the day. So you're seeing bulls back in groups together now? Well, I can tell by the tracks that they're bulls. But like I said, I haven't seen them. But they're I definitely saw they, three together the other day. They always like, group up in November. When I was doing my run, yeah. I was like, whoa, yeah. three bulls together this time wow. of year? So, so typically like that, I, I usually tell guys the, the rut, the peak rut is definitely the, between the September-October transition. Yeah. That's when moose hunting is just fucking balls to the wall. Yeah. Um, come the third week of October, it starts to get really slow. And then there's like a 10-day period where the moose just like disappear, like totally stop moving mm-hmm. like the whitetails do, like the elk kind of do. But there's a 10-day period where like nothing happens. 
It doesn't matter what the weather's doing. It doesn't matter what's going on. There's just like no moose movement at all. It's like a switch gets flicked. As soon as the rut's over, the moose just... And they're a huge animal, right? They're 1,200 pound. They got to recoup a lot yeah, of energy. That, they got to start feeding. Exactly. That time though too, when they totally, when they don't come out into the open, they still have some vegetation in the bush. Oh, absolutely. Where right now you've got so much snow on the ground, they got to come out into these fields, into these cut blocks yeah. and feed. So those last two weeks of October, they're finding food sources, right? So they're yeah. going back deep into cover. They're not looking, the bulls aren't looking for cows anymore. The cows aren't in heat anymore. Um, you know, I've had the odd interaction where I've actually called a bull out in late October, but it's usually like a younger one. Yeah. Kind of like how elk act, right? Um, and then once November hits, like first first week of November, the moose are grouped up. Bulls, you'll see bulls in pairs. Mm-hmm. Very rarely will you see a bull alone, um, especially up here in, in the bush. They just always seem to group up. Um, I know I saw a photo a few years ago up in the area I was guiding and there was a, a picture of 13 bulls in a field. That's all crazy. standing together. That'd be awesome to see. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, where, where we were hunting, there's seems to be groups of three, four. Um, there's a couple really nice bulls in this area and they seem to have stayed all year round. I found their sheds last winter or this winter in, in, uh, in March, this spring. And the, the same area they're feeding, and they're they're obviously bulls. You know the tracks are huge; they're all splayed out. Did you go down um, that trail that goes along the river where yeah. we walked? Yeah, and that's where the moose are feeding because it's all willows, right? So they're coming out of that dark timber, that big heavy timber, and they're coming out into the willows, and they're just feeding on those willows. And yeah. you you walk by, and at eight feet, the well, it looks just like somebody took a hedge all. trimmer, yeah, and just right at eight feet, they're all clipped off, and that's what they're eating, right? They're browsing yeah. on the on the aspen. I wonder branches. if why they disappear for that 10 days is something to do with... I think it's just like... Well, doesn't their gut go through some kind of transition this oh, time absolutely. of year where they switch from green foods yep. to... So, before the water freezes, a moose's diet's probably 85% water vegetation. That's crazy, man. So, a moose will pretty much only eat plants that grow in water, heavy yeah. water, right? So... And a moose will swim. Like I know in the Yukon, they'll they'll be in the lakes all the time. They'll be they'll dive underwater. Fucking antlers sixty inches wide, and they'll dive underwater for food. Mm. Um, but as soon as that water freezes, which is that October end of October, right? That mid October is when we start to get our frosty mornings, and uh, they they have to switch. And so I think it's it's a time where they're moving you know kind of like your whitetails do when they leave when they strip their velvet they're moving from one range to another range it probably takes them a few days to figure it out then they're finding each other they're resting and then they got to recoup enough energy to get ready for you know the dump of four feet of snow we get in november so you're just hunting cut blocks and just covering 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 ground i think um so last weekend we went up there we left town we left town at 5 p.m. It was minus 11 when we left town. Yeah, you're way up there. When we got up there, it was 12.30, you know, midnight, 1 o'clock. It was minus 28. Perfect. <laughs> and Not. <laughs> yeah, and we're pulling into the bush. Um, you know, we're an hour and a half from any town. We're pulling into the How bush. How are those roads with the trailer getting back there? Um pretty snow covered because it had snowed like two days before heavy um 
thankfully there's some operators that go back back and forth so the road was really rough but at least i could drive i wasn't like plowing snow yeah um so we ended up having to camp basically on the main road though because i couldn't pull the trailer off anywhere um we're sleeping in an enclosed trailer you got the girlfriend with me that doesn't do cold you know she's cold in september yeah and uh we roll in and i'm like ah it's minus 28 (laughs) and it's midnight right and so I'm like, okay, we got two options. We could fucking fire the trailer up, get it all heated up. That's going to take an hour. We got to, you know, back the quad out, get it all set up. I said, are we just unfold the truck and just sleep in the truck for the night? And so that's what we did. Yeah. Come morning, you know, it's minus 32. So we just, <laughs> we just Jeez. left the quad. That's crazy. We, you know, we took my dad side by side so that Katie wasn't so cold and a little bit more comfy of a ride. And it's fairly warm, but it's not in cl- fully enclosed. It doesn't have doors. So you just have a bit of engine heat in the cab. Yeah, right? so it's really. it's nice when it's minus 20, Yeah. but minus 30. Oh, like cool, We yeah. tried to drive around for an hour, and just the heat from coming up inside the cab was causing all the snow to just stick to everything. So your eyes are freezing shut. You know, my gloves are sticking to the steering wheel. The fucking windshield is all frosted up. Oh, We're driving through yeah. a foot and a half of snow. So I'm like, well, let's just go unhook the truck. We'll cruise around in the truck because we can't go walk. We can't yeah. go sit. Um, so we saw, I don't know, a ton of deer in the weekend. Like I said, on and off moose tracks. Didn't see any moose. It finally started to warm up Sunday. I think it was like minus 15, 16. Um, and then it just started snowing. So we headed out. No luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, this week, this weekend i think i'm just going by myself so i think i'm just gonna get onto the fresh tracks and then just like dog them like yeah, just follow them it, man. i was yeah. gonna ask like yeah. just snowshoes and skidoo and just get on some fresh bull tracks because mm-hmm. it's snowing hard up there it snows it seems to snow every other day up there wow and just get on some tracks and just just real quietly walk through the bush yeah and uh you know they're gonna be fairly easy to see it's all mostly big wide like big poplar trees so you can see, you know, 70 yards now that the leaves are all gone. Yeah. And just walk and kill any deer I see because yeah. I'm, I'm really hurting for meat. <laughs> but, well, I suppose, uh, yeah, you got a whole bunch of tags to build. Yeah, probably. Uh, and all of them. I'm not, uh, yeah, literally all of them. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I filled this year, I haven't even shot a doe. The only thing I filled this year is my two bear tags. I'm only laughing because I'm rough. right there with you. I've yeah, only yeah. filled a bear and a doe tag. So. And, yeah. and I always think like, yeah, yeah, I got lots of time to shoot does, but now I don't have any time to shoot yeah. does. Yeah, and last year of those does. I had tenderloin for supper last night and whole. Oh, well, I just need They're the meat. Good, man. Like, oh yeah. I need the meat. We don't buy an ounce of meat no, besides pork. Agree. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just so I need you it. need to stand to hunt yeah. too. We got one. <laughs> I don't have the time. We got one meal deer. Thankfully, it was a good-bodied buck, but that's yeah. all we've got in the freezer so far. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I could really use the moose if I get the moose. Ideal situation. I kill a moose Friday morning. Or Friday during the day. Yeah, so you got your work cut out for you if you're by yourself. Okay. I would be f- so happy if I had to spend eight hours cutting up a moose by myself. Yeah. Like, yeah. unbelievably totally happy. It, it wouldn't bother me. At, even if it was minus 30, I would not give a shit. I'll be fine. Well, I don't think you got to deal with that. The forecast looks pretty decent. No, it's supposed to be like plus two, which yeah. I don't oh, think is, is it supposed good to be, either. But it's supposed to be a little more mild than it was last. It's supposed to be. And up there, it's supposed to be plus warm. Plus two. Is that what they're saying? Yeah. Up Jeez. there? Wow. Yeah. 
I guess. Well, usually, well, well they don't disappear, like, man. If you're getting on tracks and following them, they're they're gonna be somewhere. Oh, they're there. Yeah, yeah. and they're and, there. Yeah, if, you, if you're not, they're not running right now or anything. Off. So they're gonna be feeding. Um, I've never really found that. Besides heavy, heavy wind, mm-hmm. the moose aren't really affected by weather. Yeah, no, not in at least in the late season. Besides wind, they they hate the wind, and I think that's just because they got big ears and it just fucks yeah. with them. Well, I think this weekend might be your best chance, man. Best well, chance that's, yet. that's all we got yeah but you know got. like that just finding fresh tracks getting out well between them it's not as it's more bearable the weather than it was last time and between you got three or yes, four days between all that and then being by myself yeah. is huge yeah because uh like not to knock cater or anything we're up you know at the crack of of light we're getting out hunting every day but you know, then we still got to come back for an hour and warm up, and it's just not two people you know, we, sent in the bush. Well, and you know, and she, we're more inclined to cruise around and cover ground than compared to like get on some tracks and maybe walk for seven hours yeah. in a foot and a half of snow. So, and you know, I worry a little bit about well, if we shoot something now, then you know, she's gonna be out here in the dark and cold mm-hmm. and blah 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 blah. Where if it's me, it's just you know, fire I just don't really go. care. Yeah. yeah, and like I've never almost died yet, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk on wood exactly. Yeah. Jeez, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's our last last goal. Yeah, last kick at the cat, man. right? Yeah. Our next Something's podcast going down this weekend. Our next podcast, hopefully. Yeah, well, actually, we said this the last one. <laughs> like our next podcast, hopefully, we got some stories to but, tell. But yeah, I, I mean, ideally, it, I it's, passed a lot of years since then, man. Yeah, and you're gonna see oh. in that video, like. I bet you 15 bucks I passed wow. this, this November. So, you know, what's your last day of hunting for you, Charlie? Sunday. Sunday, the yeah, 29th. 29th yeah. So last day, are you shooting a 130, 140? Probably or not, you, man. You won't, eh? <clears throat> you won't. Unless I could do it. Yeah. If I could shoot a 130, on 140 film, with my bow on film. You yeah. would do it. Uh, yeah. For sure, man. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. With my bow. Yeah, you've but gotta, if it's at sixty yards out in the field and oh, I got yeah. a lob and if arrow it's a perfect it, situation, you're yeah, if it. it's yeah. ten yards, twelve yards, right underneath my stand, a chip shot, I know I'm gonna put a good yeah. shot on it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in that moment, it's gonna feel like, yeah, this is what I get this year. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We've talked and I'm about sure that. It'll just feel right. And that's how I you get. can you can plan to set your goals or set your standards, but. Once you get into that moment and and you actually like you'll get that feeling. This is well, that's it, just it. Like I've yeah. I've hunted lots. It's not it's not for a lack of hunting. Yeah, I've like I said I've probably seen fifteen different bucks this November, but I've only reached for my bow once. Yeah, yeah, right. So like you know you'll you'll know when you see that buck coming. Okay, yeah, this is a good deer. I'm gonna shoot him. It's yeah. it's working out right. Like you said last time we talked, like. The lighting's good, you yeah. know. It can I get it in the center of the frame? Is there a lot of stuff in the way that's yeah. gonna block the shot? Is there stuff that's gonna block the video? You know, like there's and lots- it's tough, man. Like yeah. I could, like you with the bow, dude. Like even me with with the rifle. Like when I see a deer, you know, when I spot a deer eighty yards from me coming my way, and then I got to get my camera on, get it pointed at him. That's a lot of movement up in your freaking tree. Yeah. And almost every time I have them looking right up at me. Well, and you got to get them right in front of you. I tell you, I learned so much this season, like every season by screwing up. Mm-hmm. And this year, even though all my stands are in great spots, yeah. they're all in the wrong, wrong spot. And I'm not talking. <laughs> 
like so I need you, to, like, I they should be three to, trees over yeah, is what I'm you're talking saying? Yeah. I need yeah. to be in the tree where you are not in the tree where yeah. I am because yeah. I'm silhouetted at the angle the deer are coming out at and they're looking right at me as yeah. they come out this trail I should be in the spruce tree six feet over that gives me more cover it blocks it has limbs hanging in front of it yeah, yeah I don't have as much window to see this way or that way but it's more about the deer not seeing you yes, and less about what you can see because you're shooting with bow anyway. Yeah. Who cares if you can see 300 yards down the cut line? Yeah. You need to see perfectly 30 yards. Where you can shoot. But more importantly, you need to not be seen. Yeah. Because you're not going to shoot anything Mm -hmm. if they see you when you're up there. And that's what I learned this year. I hung from a lot. that 300 yards. Yeah. yeah. So I, I hung a lot of stands this year thinking, oh, yeah, that's going to be a killer spot. And the more I sat in those stands this year, the more I saw deer look up at me and wonder, what the fuck is that? Yeah. So now I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is a great spot. I'm seeing a ton of deer. Yeah. But how many bucks have come out to the edge where I couldn't see them? Yeah. But they saw me turn around and walk away. And, you know, and I've, and yeah, like if, in my previous stands, we're all set up for archery. And then I go in there with the rifle and it's like, man, I can't even do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't see fuck all. And then so you almost got to set up your stand for rifle or for archery and wear rifle. And when I'm filming, I want to see a long distance because I know I can poke that deer at 200 yards. But then I can also get that deer in frame without him seeing me. Yep. Right. Where when I'm in the bush in my archery stands... I'm not going to see that deer till he's within bow range, basically. And um, at that point, you got to be real freaking sneaky to get your camera on him. And then it's almost too much to get your rifle on him. Because your bow, I'm expecting him to come walk straight in front of me. And I just wait, draw back, shoot. Right? And so, you know, rifle is a lot similar. But, um, you know, I set up my stance totally different for rifle and bow, totally different. Um, and because I am hunting with the rifle, that's why I've been looking into these cut lines, these cut blocks where I have good cover along the tree line. I can see a ways out this time of year. They should be coming out to feed. And um, and that's what I'm banking on. And one sort of funny thing I've been coming up with in my head. And every time I go out and sit on a cut block and I'm not in a stand, I've sort of realized and told myself that the perfect the perfect spot to sit and rattle or call or set up to shoot is always manufactured. So it's a tree stand <laughs> where you're elevated or it's a ground blind because finding the or, or it's a brush pile that you can climb up on and hide in because finding the perfect spot along the tree line to sit on the ground man, you're right at eye level with them. You're, there's willows here. You can't see 20 yards on the other side of that. You got to be elevated. You got to be in a blind that's there all the time. You got to be either in a, or in a brush pile that's there from logging where they stack up the logs and hide well, in look there. look at Eric and I when we sat at my bear bait. How many bears came in that we saw like way before we heard? Yes. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? It was like they – like when you're down there at their level, like we're not – out in the bush every day we yeah. don't we're not oh bears bears sitting on the ground well just bears in general you never hear them no no but you don't see them till they walk right with there. slippers on right yeah. yeah but it's pretty similar to deer too like they're pretty good at getting around too not quite like a bear i mean bears are stealthy, but a bear but... a bear will come in that bait he'll see you guys in your ground blind before you see him and he'll oh, still yeah, come he'll in the bait sometimes in. right sure, where a deer if that deer sees you man 
they're gone, right? Well, but that, these that the, bear I shot last year, man, I shot him with a recurve, and he came the next night. Yeah, and every night going forward till I killed him. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say is because he's the king of the castle. Yeah, right. And so those other bears that were coming in, like probably that one that uh, tried to dive in the blind with you. Yeah, they don't care as much about you because you're not Big Papa that they've had their ass kicked by. They're worried about the guy with the black muzzle. Yeah. That's always there. So when they're walking into those baits or hmm. circling them, and we've seen this a hundred times, they're keeping an eye out for they're that alert. big bastard. Yeah, because yeah, you've never been a threat to them. But you've that never, big You're bear, the guy that feeds them. Yeah, you're yeah. the guy that feeds them. But that big bastard, he's the one that'll chase them away from the sows, and he's the one that'll steal he, their food. He's and the one that owns else. the beaver hanging in the tree. Yeah. yeah. And you've seen that Which this year funny, where small bears right. only go to the, the barrel. And yeah, don't touch the beaver. That's right? right. And when the beaver went up, that guy, that guy came out of nowhere yep. at an awkward time that he never came out at. Wow. Way earlier than he ever came out at any other night. Stole the beaver and disappeared. But you had a lot of bears at that stand, so that bear oh, smelt shit, that yeah. beaver, and he's like, "Man, yeah. I got to get this fucking thing down yeah. before one of those little Absolutely. bastards." Well, yeah, gets I, it. I think there was eight or nine of them and in there at once. The, the one that's night. Crazy. That's the ideal situation. Yeah, because all those bears, huge competition. They yeah. all know that he's king, king shit. Yeah, and he knows that one of these slimy little fuckers is gonna sneak in there and steal his beaver yeah. if he doesn't get there. I got a trail camera photo of a beast in the fall coming in to steal. My deer at camp. Oh, you were telling us up, about man. that. I yeah. was looking at the picture the other day on the trail camera. I, or on my computer. I just put it on, and he is a. And tank. when was this? What's that? When? Well, when did he get the photo? This is your dad's deer. Was, snow was on the ground. So oh, we were talking about yeah, this. This, this was, was just like uh, last three weeks week ago. of October. Yeah, last yeah. week of October. Yeah, so he's he'll be a big one, and he went right back up to where the bait was. Yeah, so, yeah well, he could follow his tracks. You he's got nice the big bird. one this wow. year, right? There's gonna be another one. Yeah. Oh, I don't even think that's a big one, man. I, I went like 2K farther back into the bush by that big beaver pond. Nice. And like I'm back in no man's land. I don't even think I took a cat and just walked it up wow. <laughs> into the bush with a D6 cat. So I just pushed just pushed everything out of the way and yeah. cleared out a little spot back there. And That's awesome, right man. Yeah, now it's going to be the penthouse. I don't know if I told you boys, but I got a big steel frame. You were telling me. Yeah, yeah, like it's a nice big steel platform that's about eight feet tall, and I got, I'm going to build a big box blind on top of it. And nice. Have it all buried in there, so it's a nice ramp up to it and yeah. stuff. And have it nice so you can actually spend some time in there and yeah, get yeah. comfy and not have to. Oh, that's good, man. Have the flies around you and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. flies and mosquitoes. That's a But I guess for now, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. So we got lots of time for bears. <laughs> I got to get a deer down. Yeah, tomorrow. we got to get a deer down. So. Well, I'm pumped up, man. It was a good. Uh, we we dove deep into into the whitetails. Yeah. And uh, you're out hunting tomorrow. I'm going uh, the day after tomorrow for the last four days, and then you're leaving tomorrow evening, Eric. Eh? Yep. Yeah, going for those last four days. It's Hopefully, I don't time, need boys. them, but I'll yeah. take them. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Well, we almost did two hours, guys. That was a ton of fun. Right we on. always dive deep when you're on, Charlie. I think these are our longest podcast. <laughs> Honestly, I could talk about white-tailed deer all day. So hopefully we get one more after the season and we can all kind of chat and reflect about Yeah, we'll catch up in December. Yeah. and uh, Yeah, hopefully we'll be talking about what we did right and not what we think we should have probably exactly. done well, right. And honestly, even if we're talking about what I did wrong, at least I can look at these blogs I've been writing and we can kind of 
have like a little joke session about yeah. all the things I was wrong about maybe. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then it's time to start fishing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah ice man, fishing. The ice fishing shack yeah. there. My father-in-law's been doing a bunch of work out there. So nice. it's the windows and doors and oh, floor sweet. and roof and just waiting on the, the wood stove to go in and we'll be able to do a nice little episode slash podcast. Well, our, our ice fishing episode is airing this yeah, week on Sportsman. Yeah. yeah. Week, so. And, uh, that was a fun day. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to get out there again and, uh, and slay some fish. Yeah, hopefully so. we get out a little earlier this year. Yeah. Earlier in the season, I think we'll probably have better luck. Nice. It gets quite fished out there for a bit and then gets better later okay. in the season as the fish go west of my, or to, they go, go to the west to, to spawn. Spawn. Yeah. Well, so, we'll have to uh, we'll have to do some adventuring too and get on some different lakes this year. Yeah, you're, oh, you're, that'd be fun. Perch master, that'd be fun. Yeah, we should go up north and do some perch. I got a lake we could go to. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. That and it's actually good. not even that bad. It's only probably an hour and a half from where you guys are at. So an okay, hour and twenty minutes. So yeah, yeah. Bad. yeah. Right on, right on. Awesome guys. Well, remember we're doing that giveaway. Um, Curtis Tingstad, you won the Old Smokes coffee from this last contest, and. Um, share a story with us guys send it to us on facebook messenger um share a story with us from your 2020 hunting season we want to hear it we're going to choose one we're going to talk about it on the next podcast and we're going to send you a prize package so anyways thanks so much for listening and uh thanks for coming on charlie thanks boys always thanks for being here